I V M. Here's your smart fact of the day. There was a guy called Flynn, a New Zealander, who was studying, you know, those IQ tests that we give, those standardized IQ tests. And what he figured out was that every ten years or so, they had to update those IQ tests because, you know, people were getting more and more correct answers. So he decided to see the hidden pattern behind it. What he realized was that after every ten years or so, people were giving more correct answers. In fact, they were giving so many more correct answers that they were actually jumping three IQ points every ten years. That actually means that they had to make the tests harder. This kind of tells us that each and every generation is smarter than the generation preceding it. So the Gen Xs are going to look back at the millennials and know that they are smarter. Millennials are going to look back at the Gen Zers and understand that they are smarter. Now that is a very interesting phenomenon. It is so interesting that if you were an average scorer today in a standardized IQ test, if you time transport yourself back about hundred years, you would be in the ninety-eighth percentile. You would be known as smart. Now, isn't that a smart fact? You know you're a smart person, right? Now, even if you know you're a smart person, haven't you had that moment in your life when you walk out of a meeting, walk out of a room, walk out of a party, saying, "I wish I'd said that," or "I wish I'd known known that," you know? So the fact is, every smart person can become smarter. This show, Smarter with Sid, is the show that will help you do this. I know that's a tall order, but bear with me for a minute. I'm a professor and a consultant. I Teach a lot of digital first subjects uh, across a lot of you know lot of institutes which are well known and all of that you know your SPGens and MICAs and upgrads of the world, and I'm a consultant uh, who teaches how to be digital first to many industry sectors. What I do uniquely is to try and see the hidden pattern behind events. I try to understand and identify the you know the signal in all the noise. Now, when I'm doing that, I tend to come across something, a nugget, which will allow us to look at a situation, look at a piece of work, look at a piece of conversation, and make that impact. It'll make you the smarter person in the room. So, come, be smarter with me. Be smarter with Sid. By the way, who is Sid? Sir, Sadat Deshmukh. I'm Sadat Deshmukh. You might be knowing me as the traveling professor. I'm known for uh, being the traveling professor on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And I used to run a podcast called The Traveling Professor's Diary. And I just thought that I will up the ante a little more and not just you know randomly talk about subjects that uh, are uh, of interest to me and uh, and my travels and the rest of it. What I thought would be more useful for everybody was to actually. You know, explore this getting smarter business. So here's this new podcast, Smarter with Sid. Now, if ever you've got ten minutes to spare, whether you're traveling back or traveling to work or you're traveling to a party or you're just in between things, or maybe you're doing a workout, or maybe you know you're just in the loo. I don't care. You got ten minutes of uninterrupted time. Just listen to this podcast. I'm sure it'll give you something for you to extricate out of, and you know, use it. Use it either to improve yourself, your work, your career, your business, your entrepreneurship, or just a conversation at a party. All of this is possible. 
So I thought episode one, yay, would be about smart, smarter, smartest. How do you get smarter in today's world? So the first thing that you have to realize is perhaps as David Epstein in his wonderful book, Range, says, this is a very specialized world. So what do we mean by a specialized world? It means that people have specializations. You are either, you know, doing digital marketing or you're a designer or, you know, even if you're a carpenter, you're only a carpenter who does certain kinds of work. If you're a surgeon, you do certain kinds of surgery, etc., etc. You get the point, right? But the fact is that in such a specialized world, what, you know, this book range by David Epstein, and I'm not selling that book. Trust me, I'm getting no cut of his royalties, but it's a really good book. I'm just reviewing it and trying to extricate something out of it. What he says is generalists, people who actually know more than just one specialty or specialization, tend to do better. He kind of compares it to a metaphor uh, of a set of keys. So, for example, if you have to get through a series of locked rooms with uh, just one key, unless and until that's a master key that opens all rooms, you're going to find it really difficult. On the other hand, if you've got a set of keys, you have the choice to use a key for a specific room in order to open it. I guess that's the core argument of this book. And it's a wonderful, wonderful argument. I'm not saying I buy into it completely, but I like specific aspects of it. One of the aspects that I do like about it is what I term as the outsider view. You know, as a generalist, what tends to happen is that you reduce the amount of bias you might be having about a specific thing that you're working and you look at your own work or somebody else's work with completely fresh eyes and that a generalist can do. Now, if I have to kind of build on this a little more, the question has always been with us, right? I get so many students, so many people I mentor, so many people I consult uh, ask me this question. Hey, do you really think... I should be, you know, deepening my subject knowledge as to where I am. So if I'm deep into Java, should I learn more about Java and how it connects with servers and, and the rest of it? Or if I want to, you know, make my career really blossom, should I be actually learning uh, something else? So the question always is about depth versus breadth or range, right? Now, a lot of people think that it is actually to, down to your interest. If you're interested in a specific thing, you get better at it. You get better at it. So obviously people start respecting you for it. You create a brand name around it for yourself and, and the rest of it. And that's a wonderful argument. And I'm not saying it's without merit. But there's always something called the marketplace. And the marketplace and your interest need not necessarily actually intersect. And that's when the problems start arising. I mean, I have heard of so many people who say, hey, I can only do this and this alone, and I do this really well, and they get shunted out of a job, especially during this pandemic. Haven't we seen so many so-called specialists just lose out on a lot of opportunities? I think it is very overwhelming for anybody who's listening to this thing. Oh, damn, how the hell am I going to develop this entire range of skills? Yeah, How do I do it? Is there a way in which I can do it rather painlessly? Well, I don't know if there's one way of doing it rather painlessly, but I do know of a way which I can share with you. And I call it developing the adjacent skill or the second skill. So let's just build out a scenario. Let's assume that maybe you, like me, were a, an MBA from Micah. Yeah, I'm a first batch Micah. So imagine that your first job it was in the media industry and then your second job was in the communications industry and your third job was being an entrepreneur but essentially you were dealing with communication either mainstream or you uh, you know digital but 
this kind of misses the story. What if I tell you that, hey, as somebody who had learned branding and communication in your post-graduation, maybe you kind of developed an adjacent skill of being able to, you know, uh, learn how to code or learn how to design. Then that's an adjacent skill next to the skill that you already possess that can form a deeper and bigger package. Then what if I say, after you develop that skill, you develop a skill which is connected to, say, project management or business analysis or strategic management. Then you've got another adjacent skill next to the two skills that you have. Then you've got another skill and you can, you see where I'm going with this. You build adjacent skills over a period of time rather than trying to get a bunch of skills, right? A bunch of skills. In fact, I always believe that the, the second skill is something that kind of makes or breaks a person in today's world. I, I, you may not necessarily need to have a bunch of adjacent skills uh, to really taste big success. Look at, uh, you know, the TikToker Charlie D'Amelio. Right. The funny thing about her was that she was an accomplished dancer from a very young age, but she developed a second skill of doing videos on TikTok and then editing them really well and promoting them well. And what tended to happen was that the second skill just thrust her into her limelight and her sister as well. And she just rapidly became the most followed person on TikTok. And, you know, she's doing really well for herself. If she had just stuck to being a dancer and said, hey, I know ballet and now I'm going to go more into the intricacies of ballet, that's going to be tough. Of course, you might argue that, hey, you need depth in one subject first. But David Epstein in his book Range kind of argues against it. You know what he kind of compares? Roger Federer with Tiger Woods. And he says Roger, Roger Federer was the kind of guy who played a lot of sports before. And uh, before he went into tennis full time, he kind of developed his overall ability for ball sense and, and timing and the rest of it from everything else. Unlike, let's say, a Tiger Woods who knew he wanted to play golf. And what he says, credit to him, is that both ways are possible. Both ways are certainly possible, but to be a Tiger Woods, you need to be kind of born with it, you know. You need to have that personality which actually kind of makes you total super focused on, on a subject from the very get-go. You can count a Sachin Tendulkar in that or a Tiger Woods in that. But you can always have the late flowering person or the late flowering genius. Um, and certainly Roger Federer was not late, uh, you, you know, to flower his talents. But the fact is that he was certainly, you know, a nice normal kid playing a lot of games before he decided to focus on tennis. Now, this comes as a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Why does it come as a breath of fresh air? Because it allows a person who's kind of confused. And I see a lot of people who are confused about how they're going to direct their lives and their careers and, and their next steps to kind of take an adjacent skill rather than the immediate next uh, routinized skill that everyone's and their uncle is telling them to go for. And then you're suddenly in a situation where, you know, you are suddenly successful. How does that sound? The adjacent skill. I think it's an amazing, amazing skill. And Range is an amazing, amazing book. I really hoped you liked this first episode of mine. Smarter with Sid. Come on, let's get smarter together and let's have fun. Smarter with Sid.